You're listening to the Foreign and International Medical Graduate Show, a podcast to inspire physicians in the process of immigration to the United States and access to graduate medical education. We create meaningful and helpful content that motivates medical students and doctors throughout the world with the goal of creating a community that supports itself and gives feedback to each other, that stays updated with the most recent tips and advice on how to make it in America and become a successful resident or fellow in the speciality of your dreams. Dr. Alonso Osorio is board certified and residency trained in both emergency and family medicine and will be bringing you 20 years of his personal experiences, struggles and motivation. We'll be chatting with people like you to talk about the lessons they've learned along their personal path, how to make an impact and how we can all benefit from it. Also, we'll analyze the current resources available and how to benefit from them. Thanks for joining us. Please enjoy the show. Hi, guys, and I'm super excited. Here I am back with episode number 48. Episode 47 was in Spanish. I know that many of you have probably been thinking, what is Dr. Osorio doing? We don't speak any Spanish, but I had a lot of questions coming from my Spanish-speaking listeners. And here I am back producing in English, and I have a very interesting topic. Listen to that. Very interesting, crucial topic. I have Mr. Greg Siskin back from Siskin Suser PC, which is the leading immigration law firm in North America. And he has uh, had a very lengthy career and they're been uh, advising us on how to immigrate into the United States. And the reason why he's back is because I'm going to introduce a very interesting comment that the ECFNG and FAMER did on their website based on a report from the Federal Register, which is uh, the way the United States immigration system communicates to the public. And they're trying to establish a fixed time period of admission and extension of the state procedure for non-immigrant academic students, exchange visitors, and representatives from foreign information media. So this is a law that is allowed to do to have public comment uh, that will be ending in 25 days in October 26. And it's a rule that has been proposed by the Department of Homeland Security as of September 25th. We do know how crucial foreign medical grads are for the healthcare system in America and specific during the 2019-2020 US uh, COVID pandemic. We have realized how essential the J-1 physicians are for the healthcare of the United States. Steadily, foreign physicians have increased coming into America on J-1 visas. In 2009, we had about 7.4 thousand, 7,400 immigrants on a J-1 visa, increasing as of 2018 to up to 12,000 and keeps rising. I don't have more, more recent data, but Our healthcare system is facing unprecedented challenges with the fight against COVID-19, and we need J-1 physicians desperately. The problem with this proposed uh, law change has created some controversy. That's why we have Mr. Siskin to explain to us in simple words what is the implications of these changes and what do we need to do or what do we need to be aware of. We know already that for decades, J-1 physicians have played an essential role and ensuring quality and accessible healthcare in the United States. And we are considered the frontliners. We foreign medical grads represent pretty much a large amount of the primary care physicians in the United States. 
51% of FMGs are represented in internal medicine, 10% in pediatrics, 6% in surgery, 6% in family medicine, 6% in neurologists, and 22% in all other specialties. Another important factor here is that most of the states that have been devastated and really affected by the pandemic are fully staffed by J1 physicians. The states that have the most amount of J1 holders are New York, Michigan, Texas, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Florida, Ohio, Illinois, New Jersey, and Maryland in that respective order. So that's why it's so crucial for us to step and move forward, support the SFMG through FAMER, and see what can they do to continue to help us fighting these uh, immigration changes that are happening right now in the healthcare of America. And for that reason, Mr. Greg Siskin is back and he's going to try to help us understand in a simple language to us, non-legal foreign medical graduates, doctors, that would like to know what are the implications of this uh, comment on the website published last week that has created a lot of controversy and fear among our community, specifically with the political environment of the United States and all of the things that are being said. So welcome back, Mr. Siskin. Thank you for taking time off your morning to do this. No problem. Nice to be back. Thank you, sir. So I know that the ECFMG has posted that ICE and specifically the, the Department of Homeland Security through their Federal Register uh, Bulletin is established trying to change some of the, the, the rules of how we can extend our visa period here in the United States, specifically concerning for the J-1 holders. Yeah, they've issued, it's a proposed rule. So you should know that it's a, um, you know, that it's just put out for comment. And there's not, they're running out of time if they are going to get this done before January when there's either, well, if if Trump gets reelected, I guess they have plenty of time. But if he loses, then they're, they're in trouble. But what this proposed rule does is it affects a couple of different visa categories, the FBI, the J visa categories. The J visa is used by, I believe, about 85% uh, around there of uh, the doctors that are coming in for training in the United States. And, you know, that's, that's about, 20, about 25,000, at least 25,000 doctors, I think, that are on J-1 visas at any given time. This affects them. I'm not sure that they, when they wrote this, that they really kind of thought it through how it would impact on doctors, but it does. Basically, what they say in here is that um, doctors come in now with the J-1 visa and on their I-94s, which is the document you get when you come into the country that says how long you can stay, it's always marked with the, uh, with the letters D slash S, and that means duration of status. Okay. What duration of status means is that you're allowed to stay for the length of your program. So when you come into the country, usually you get um, these forms. You, well, you, if you come in on a J-1, you get these forms called a DS-2019. And the DS-2019 is issued by Educational Commission on Foreign Medical Graduates, ECFMG, which you just mentioned. They administer the J-1 program. They determine how long a doctor can stay. I will, and they basically administer that. So they will issue a DS-2019 that will have dates on there. However, uh, the State Department and the uh, CBP and USCIS have agreed that uh, they will not regulate how much time the doctor stays on any given trip. They'll just defer to ECFMG in the DS-2019 form. So that's changing if this 
proposed rule should become finalized. And there's some good reasons to believe it won't become finalized. But if it does become finalized, instead there will be a date that you will have on the, and there'll be a maximum date. Uh, I understand it would be four years. It would be extendable, but basically USCIS would have to approve the extension. So it's basically introducing not, you know, basically people who don't know anything about the healthcare system in to make a decision on whether a doctor deserves to stay and continue on wow. uh, past that period of time. That's why ECFMG was having basically a freak out on their, uh, you know, when they saw this. My guess, and it could be potentially very disruptive to the U.S. healthcare system to have something like that in place. I'm guessing that the probably low-level people at the Trump administration who worked on this, who, you know, have a pretty anti-immigrant agenda, thought this would be all great. They can talk about fraud, this, that, and the other. There's no fraud in the J-1 doctor program. There's never been an, I mean, I've been doing this 30 years. I've never heard any kind of accusations on that kind of thing. ESFMG does a superb job in screening doctors that are coming in. Nobody's coming in on a J-1 visa and then illegally waiting tables at night, that kind of thing. That's just not a, uh, but that's what this rule is intended. Uh, in theory, they think a lot of students are overstaying, working illegally, doing all kinds of things, and they are, that this administration usually makes up as far as, uh, you know, believing all immigrants are basically scamming the system. And they've thrown doctors into that group. Uh, wow. So they've already had 13,000 comments posted and can promise you probably 98% of them are opposing this regulation. The other thing that, so this regulation has to, they're going to have to respond to all those comments and digest them, which is probably going to slow things down because by the time the 30 days are up, uh, for the comment period, I am guessing we will probably see 50,000 to 100,000 comments. And if they decide that they want to push this out without actually reviewing those comments, that makes it easier to sue and get this thing overturned. It's also, they have a different problem, and it, there have been a couple of regulations already overturned because the Secretary of Homeland Security who is in charge of the DHS secretary, who's also in charge of ICE and, and, and USCIS and Customs and Border Protection. He is not in his job legally. And that was a, there has been a general accounting office report on that. And uh, a couple of judges have already thrown out rules that were issued by, that were signed by him. There's a law called the Federal Vacancies Reform Act, which says that, and, and the last Homeland Security secretary who was legally appointed that was uh, Kirsten, uh, Kirsten Nielsen. Uh, when she left, there's a certain order for replacing her, but a, but a secretary has to be confirmed by the Senate. And they never put up Chad Wolf, the Secretary of Homeland Security. He never got approved by the Senate. He's been in an acting role ever since, but there are very strict rules about how long you can stay in an acting role and how you get there. There's, you know, the Constitution has separation of powers and the Senate has a very important power, which is they are supposed to confirm high, high officials and he's never been confirmed. So a couple of judges so far in various lawsuits have said that means that anything that is signed by him is potentially voided, avoidable. Uh, okay. So we can expect probably that argument to be made. After now, after several of these rules have been overturned, they put his name up for confirmation uh, in the Senate. But he's a very controversial figure. 
there's a lot of, it's a mess right now. And a lot of Republicans, I think, are probably going to be very nervous about voting for him right before the election. So a lot of people think he's not going to get a vote. They're not even going to let him get a vote before the election. So, and he may not get one afterwards, depending on, uh, you know, what happens uh, in the election. So we, uh, it remains to be seen whether this rule is ever going to see the light of day as far as being a final rule. You have to take it seriously. And, you know, people need to issue their comments. Uh, if it does reach a final stage, there will be a lawsuit. Almost every one of these types of regulations has had a lawsuit, and quite a few of them, the administration's lost. So people shouldn't uh, should just kind of, you know, keep an eye on it, but not panic. Perfect. I know that uh, if they, so for example, prolong the time that you need to submit an extension for to continue your training, you know, if you came in a J1 for three years and you move it up a little more, they're concerned that they might not be, if this goes through expeditious enough to approve this and give continuity to the training program. So they were also concerned about the fact that this paperwork might take longer than we expected. Yeah, I mean, it's a concern if you have to get it, if you add USCIS into the mix to have to get that approval from them. First of all, it adds uncertainty whether it's going to happen at all. And then it adds uncertainty as far as the time that it would take to get the extension and how much that would interfere with somebody being able to continue in their program. So that's certainly going to be one of the areas for comment that people are going to have. So, you know, it's correct to be concerned about those issues and hopefully. For J1s that are in the United States right now, you know, they, they should comment. The doctors, uh, and I don't know if you have show notes or anything like that, but I'll, I can give you a link to the place where they can go online, tell their story and explain why this rule would hurt them or, you know, worries them or, you know, that when they came to the U.S. to train, they had a certain understanding of the way the system was going to work and this fundamentally changes that and it's not... Uh, it's not fair to, uh, to impose this kind of rule for people that are already here, particularly when they had choices. And a lot of these doctors had choices. They didn't have to come to the United States. They could have gone to other countries. Plus, you know, we have a system in the U.S. where we're trying to encourage these doctors to stay after their training is done and go to underserved areas around the country. And, you know, this is a uh, they just need to be treated better. Thank you for that. So what I can say is, guys, do not worry. Do not freak out. Let's see what the political situation kind of moves along. Mr. Siskin has explained very clearly that this is deeper than just a document and a paper that has been published. Obviously, we all need to be proactive and potentially make comments. And we're going to do that. We're going to put the, the link for the website to make the comments. And I can assure you probably the many of our leading associations are going to be advocating for this. And we can probably expect to see soon some... Uh, legal moves from uh, our side to protect our rights to immigrate to this country. And obviously, we come here just to get educated and, and provide good health care in America. Well, as always, Mr. Siskin, you've been uh, super helpful. Thank you for kind of clearing the air, calming the fear. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you guys, if you have any immigration needs, go to visalaw.com and look for Mr. Siskin with Siskin and Suser. They've been doing this for many, many years, and they're extremely well-established. So visit their website. If you have any concerns, he's the attorney to go to. And I really thank you for your quality time because it's been always a pleasure. And congratulations on the last book that, that, that I just saw that you had published. So that's amazing. Thank you. All right. It's always great being here. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
And guys, there you have it. Mr. Greg Siskin has come to the show, dedicated a few minutes of his quality time to update us and give some peace of mind and reassurance to all of us. Let's see. Let's see what we can do. We have power in numbers. We are growing this community. So let's make awareness. Let's get together, support our institutions that lead us, get behind the ECFMG and FAMER and uh, the American Medical Association Division for Foreign and International Medical Graduates, support them. And let's see what we can expect from the future. I know with this political climate and the the period of presidency coming to an end, they're trying to submit some things that they want to get in place. And, and uh, this is a country of immigrants, has always been. And us, Colombians, Indians, Pakistanis, Russians, Chinese, we make the United States and we are here to help the healthcare in America. So just let's get together, support us. And thanks for listening. Just keep following. And please remember to share this short episode because I think it's going to be crucial for all of you guys to know what's going on and what's the legal environment for immigration in the United States for doctors. Thank you. And I say goodbye now. Have a great day.